0: 309 Baseball Podcast 309 Baseball Podcast 309 Baseball Podcast 309 Baseball Podcast all right, Welcome to the 309 Baseball Podcast. Today is March 18th, 2019. I am Justin Gray's and today I'm going to go over my fantasy picks made in this last Saturday's draft. Um, we're going to talk about Ichiro a little bit, talk about some upcoming segments that, that are on the horizon, and uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about wagering for entertainment purposes only, of course. Um, if you want to throw your entertainment purposes down... Um, this might actually be a great year for it, so let's get started. This year, I'm in a 12-team, 12 12-category, 12 25-man roster, head-to-head league on Yahoo. The two categories outside of the standard categories are OPS for offense and pitch count for the pitchers. I felt that the pitch count would add an, a little more balance and possibly deter someone from just you know, loading up on closers and immediately dominating the saves and ERA and WHIP categories, Since closers typically have great K rates and, you know, low ERAs, I figured that pitch count would actually maybe deter a little bit of that, but I don't know. Let's take a look at the team that I drafted, and I'll try to explain some of the logic. I got really, really lucky in a couple places and uh, have a lot of roster flexibility, so Uh, let's let's take a look at my first pick. I I was the ninth overall draft pick of this 12-teamer, so... I was pretty fortunate enough to get Jose Ramirez in the ninth overall pick, which the guy right before me picked Ronald Acuna Jr., which seems a little bit ballsy, but, you know, who knows? That guy is awesome. Uh, But, yeah, Ramirez is slotted as a second baseman, third baseman eligible, so uh, that's going to give me a little bit of versatility there. Plus, he's very, very productive. I'm pretty excited about that one. Uh, My second pick was the 16th overall pick, And I lucked out again that Paul Goldschmidt was still available. So as far as first base production goes, this guy's at or near the top of the game, right up there with like Freddie Freeman and uh, Anthony Rizzo. So I'm really expecting him to do some seriously great things for the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, it's a contract year. So that tends to motivate some guys a little bit more. So, you know, I'm really expecting him to have a breakout MVP caliber season and, uh, you know, power the Cardinals forward a little bit. My third overall pick was the 33rd overall pick, and it was Vlad Guerrero Jr. Even though he's injured right now and he's probably not going to be in Major League games until late April, early May, I just had to take a chance. I got lucky on my first two rounds, so I thought this was a good roll of the dice. The first month or two of this season is going to be a little bit difficult as I'm going to. As I go on, because I, I did snag up a few other beast prospects on down the list, but the first month or so might be pretty difficult. Um, I have to use my bench spots pretty creatively. Uh, but yeah, Vlad Jr. was my 33rd pick, and then 40, 40th overall I snagged Wit Merrifield, who does qualify at first, second, and outfield. So I definitely am going to get some stolen bases and uh, some positional flexibility there. In the fifth round, I had to get some pitching, so I went with James Paxton. Everybody's expecting some pretty huge things out of him in New York. Probably get a lot of wins, a lot of strikeouts, fairly decent ERA. After him, I went with Edwin Diaz to get me some saves. He's a beast, and in New York, they're going to win a lot more games than a lot of people think, so I'm definitely expecting him to be you know, an absolute monster like he was last year. After him, I snagged Josh Hader. Uh, Milwaukee, great K-rate, low ERA. After him, I took another roll of the dice and snagged Eloy Jimenez. If he comes up in May or June, this guy has got light tower power all day long and hits for average, so that could really, really pay off down the road, down the stretch in the season. After him, I snagged Victor Robles, Washington outfielder, expecting some big things from him as well. He should probably be up... If he doesn't break camp with the team, I would say he'll be up late April, unless he's injured or something crazy that I'm not aware of. But, yeah, definitely got some outfield depth there with Merrifield, uh, Jimenez, and Robles. Uh, moving on, my 10th my tenth round pick, which was number 112 overall, was Marwin Gonzalez. Expecting some great things. He had a great second half last year, and uh, he qualifies at first, second, short, and outfielder. So I do now have a shortstop. I actually went all the way to the tenth round before snagging up a shortstop. So I don't know; that was, it might have been a little bit risky, but I guess we'll have to see. My eleventh over, my eleventh round pick, one twenty-nine overall, was Kyle Schwarber. Really expecting this guy to have a breakout season. I think Chili Davis, you know, kind of got in his head a little bit last year, and uh, I'm really expecting him to. Have probably at least 30 home runs maybe hitting the maybe hitting the 250s 260s but yeah this guy has drawn walks all spring and looking really good so that's I think that was a pretty solid number you know number 129 overall pick that he was still available so I had to snag him up after Schwarber I went with Rysel Iglesias to get some more saves and again this is a guy that's going to have Uh, He pitches multiple innings. He's got a pretty high K rate, so expecting some big things from him. Uh, After that, I went Max Muncy. I can't believe he was still available at 153 overall, but he qualifies at first, second, and third, so again, infield flexibility would be nice. Then I snagged Malik Smith to get some stolen bases. After him, I snagged Williams Ostadio, uh, who qualifies at catch, and 3B. So, If he does make the opening day roster for the Twins, I would expect some fairly decent things out of this guy. He's entertaining to watch. He's one of my personal favorite baseball players. Last year, he came in and broke, damn near completely broke out. He hit in the 350s, I believe, over like a 30-game sample. So, you know, I had to take a chance, and I snagged that guy. Uh, Again, positional flexibility, catcher in third base. So, Uh, After him, I went Kyle Freeland. Colorado starter, he is pretty decent. Then Kelvin Herrera to get some high K-rate, low ERA for the White Sox. He might possibly close some games, but I'm really not going to get a lot of saves out of that guy. Um, After him, I went with another roll of the dice, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, He'll be my second shortstop, so whenever he does come up, at least maybe I'll be able to move Marlon Gonzalez to a different position. Let's see. After that, Chris Paddock. Starting pitcher for San Diego. A lot of people are expecting some big things out of him. And uh, Then I went with Matt Strom. Uh, he could be a starter or a reliever, also with San Diego. High K rate. Dude looks really good. Jan Gomes was my next pick. I had to get another catcher in case Studio doesn't make it. So I went Jan Gomes. He has some decent numbers. I don't know. He's probably going to split time there with uh, Kurt Suzuki. So I really probably won't get a lot of production out of that one. Last four picks were Sonny Gray, who knows what to expect out of him. Chad Green, high K-rate, relief pitcher for the Yankees. Jeremy Jeffress, Milwaukee's maybe setup guy, I believe. Uh, High K-rate, low ERA. That's kind of the story of the pitchers that I draft. And uh, Seth Lugo was my last pick. I can't believe he was still available, but he might get that fifth roster spot or fifth rotation spot. Uh, It's just kind of hard telling right now, but... The Mets' bullpen's looking pretty badass, so I'd expect him to maybe be a swing man, middle relief type guy, or, you know, get some spot starts. So that wraps up the top 25 guys that I drafted. I haven't made any moves yet. I really don't even need to make any moves yet. Nobody knows who's, I mean, I don't think a lot of the roster spots are finalized yet, at least the, the close ones, um, but there it is. Uh, so, yeah, moving on. Discussing a little bit about Ichiro, he has undoubtedly had one of the best and most interesting careers in all of baseball history. Uh, but this might be the end. He did get an insane ovation in Japan when he went there, and uh, people were like crowd surfing to get his autograph and stuff. It was completely insane. But yeah, the Mariners—they were complete sellers in the off season. So I mean, it'd be nice if they could keep him around. But I guess you kind of have to understand from a competitive standpoint, you're not going to trot out a guy that hits 100 or, you know, is hitting, I think that's about exactly what he's hitting this spring, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, it's kind of sad, but yes, you know, hats off, 10 consecutive gold gloves and all-star appearances, over 3,000 hits in the majors. Ichiro was a badass and uh, still could possibly be maybe a serviceable backup somewhere, but I just I, I, I kind of wonder if it's the end. So I guess only time will tell. We'll have to see after they finish up their series there in Japan uh, what kind of moves they make. So if we're going to talk about wagering in regards to baseball for entertainment purposes only, of course, I think 2019 is going to be a great year for gambling, for baseball, specifically because there is it seems like the majority of the teams are either really good or really bad. And it's going to be pretty easy based on matchups and ballpark factors. You know, you throw three or four factors out there, and you can probably figure out what team's going to win the games, Uh, at least the majority of the time uh, that a good team's playing against a bad team. Now, when a good team plays a good team, you know, you're probably going to want to back off those uh, unless the odds are really good. But I'm really looking forward to uh, throwing down some entertainment purposes and possibly winning some money this year. So, as the season progresses, I'll let everybody know on the Twitter page you know what what bets I'm making, and, and uh, we'll see how successful we can all be. So upcoming segments. Sitting down with Jim is going to be the first segment that we're going to do, and uh, we're going to sit down with former major leaguer and former MLB pitching coach Jim Wright and discuss rule changes, baseball trends, and uh, maybe throw in a couple old-time stories here and there That's going to be an upcoming regular segment. Um, Another one's called This Day or This Week in Baseball History. It's pretty self-explanatory. Just going to go over maybe some interesting things that happened during the last, you know, since the last podcast. Some basic stuff. Nothing crazy, I'd imagine. Um, And then we'll do a little bit of a fantasy roundup. We're going to go over the most added and most dropped players and discussions about trends and injury updates and such. So... Look forward to that. That should be in play maybe the next episode, possibly the one after that. But we'll get some more segments and a little bit more uh, structure going around in this show. But for now, that's all we have. Uh, You can follow us podcasts on Twitter at 309 underscore baseball. Until the next time, like my gramps always said, keep your nose clean.